Save the date for the 12th of September. Join our webinar on digital transformation in manufacturing. We are exploring how IoT, AI and smart factories are reshaping our sector. Hear from industry leaders like Airbus, Rolls-Royce and Heriot Watt University. This is a must attend for professionals and decision makers in manufacturing. So register now at resources.red-fern.co.uk slash webinar. That's resources.red-fern.co.uk slash webinar. The link is also in the description. I had a great conversation this week with Alex Wallace, service delivery specialist at Rolls-Royce. We discussed how the pace of digital transformation has changed his role in engine maintenance, how keyhole surgery and 3D printing processes save time and resource for maintenance and repair, and how the life of an engineer at Rolls-Royce affects your airplane travel choices. From Redfern Media, this is Remake Manufacturing. My guest this week is Alex Wallace. He is the service delivery specialist and global process owner for Boroscope Inspection at Rolls-Royce. He has over a decade of experience in engine maintenance and repair. He's also been at the forefront of the digital transformation, spearheading the adoption of robotics, automation, and digital twins in the industry. His leadership has been pivotal in navigating the skills crisis and driving multi-million pound cost-saving efforts as well. Today, we're going to discuss safety, innovation, and the future of manufacturing in an era of 5.0. So, Alex Wallace, welcome to the show. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having me. Super excited to, to have you on the show. Let's set the scene for everyone listening by just giving us an idea of how digital transformation has reshaped your role over the last 10 years, um, your role to maintenance compared with you know, maybe 10 or 15 years ago when you first started in, in the industry. Just give us an idea of what your role looked like then and sort of how different it is today. Yeah, so I'm responsible for new methods of inspection, uh, repair, or just better ways of doing what we do today in the maintenance field. Um, that could be on a single engine, that could be on a, a different product altogether that Rolls um, develops, or it could be across our entire fleet. The big thing that we like to do is, is reduce the burden of the maintenance whilst maintaining you know, the level of safety and the quality that we're delivering at the same time. And yeah, a lot of what we're going to speak about today in terms of automation and robotics is, is something that we're really hot on at the minute and, and how we can incorporate that into what we do in service. And your role has changed significantly over the last 10 years or so since you first started in the industry. Just give our listeners a sense of how different things were 10 years ago relative to today as far as sort of digital transformation is concerned? Yeah, so when it comes to the digital piece, I mean, we've always looked at our, our engines, we've always looked at our products, we, we have to to maintain the safety of them. But we haven't necessarily done a lot with the data or the images or the videos that we capture when we go and look at our products. The, the big difference now compared to 10 years is what we do with that data. So. We are now in a world where we're capable of capturing 3D data, both externally and internally on our products. And having that and being able to utilize that data for what is a problem now or just for generic 
lifespan um, maintenance or, or even going back and revisiting data again to be able to predict better for our future of our products is something that we're only really now starting to take into, into service. Um, yes, we've always been able to identify when our products need maintenance. Some of it is routine, some of it isn't routine. And obviously being able to better plot when that maintenance needs to take place and it may even be you know region specific maintenance is is key to us keeping ourselves as streamlined as possible and when we're trying to deliver that but also keeping our customers happy as well people don't want to have maintenance you know it's it's not a thing that you want when you you buy a car or, or anything that you buy you want to buy that product and and you want to use it without any issues. Now, we all know that that isn't necessarily reality. So when we do go in there and we, we have to intervene, we want to make sure that we're doing that as few times as possible and, and in the quickest and best way that we can. So just paint a picture for us, because I think this is super fascinating because not many people have had the opportunity of working on a Rolls-Royce engine and just seeing the scale and complexity and detail of it. It's not like you're going into a car engine. This is complexity on another level. So the ability to create a digital twin, to inspect and get data and scan um, the engine for issues internally and externally is something that I'm sure reduces your time, <laughs> um, You know, reduces costs significantly, uh, reduces complexity. Just give us an, an idea of sort of, you know, this rise of the digital twin as as it's been known and sort of what that has done to efficiency and in situ safety repairs. Yeah, so if you look at the average lifespan of an aircraft, that's, that's about 20,000 flights. Now, if we are now going to be capturing standardised, repeatable data whenever we do have routine or non-routine maintenance, that is a hell of a lot of, of powerful information that we can utilise internally and then be able to provide better services or, or even better products back, back to our customers. I think if you look at yeah, being able to, to revisit images or videos of things that we never necessarily wanted to look at them for in the original you know, that the original inspection wasn't necessarily intended for that reason, but now we can go back and check it for another reason. That's just a whole new capability that we've, we've never had. And if you look at the, the latest products that we use in terms of 3D scanning, both internally and externally, um, integrated with some of our sort of smarter tools for, for rotation of, of certain pieces of hardware in the engine, we're turning inspections from what was 12 hours for two people into down to an hour for one person in some cases. So it's a dramatic change for, for I mean, if you consider 12 hours worth for, for aircraft maintenance, that's a return flight for some of our customers to some locations. <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's a huge change for them. But also we're gathering more out of it at the same time. It's not like we're just reducing the burden but then we're taking the hit on losing out on some of that information. It's, it's a win-win situation. So, yeah, we're, we're really starting to see the benefits of that now. And I think you said the last time that we spoke that everything on an engine these days is keyhole surgery. It's almost like um, brain surgery in, in, in many ways. And you want to make sure that if you're operating on someone's brain, you don't want to have issues with their hand or their heart. Yep. So you just want to be able to focus on the particular area that, that you're focused on. Can you Can you shed some more light on that i mean if you if you look at what you see when you, you're going on your holiday you see the engine that's, that's fully cowled up you, you can't see any of what's hidden behind there now if you open those up 
there's a hell of a lot of hardware, pipe work, you know, sensing lines, everything covering where we want to <laughs> carry out that maintenance. Now, the reason I referred to it as, as surgery is because there's a lot of similarities. Um, everything, nearly everything that we do maintenance wise is through sub 10 millimeter holes on the side of the engine. So if you think about that, yeah, when you're going into the medical industry, that's exactly the same principle. You don't want to mess around with any of the bits of the human that you don't need to mess around with to carry out that medical procedure. It's the same principle for us. You take something that sounds very simple, like pipe work, and, you know, for, for example, it may seem simple to strip a pipe, a few bolts, take them off and put it back on again. But the reality is you've then entered into one of our engine systems, at which point you've got to then test that system again before it's ready for flight. You've then got to fuel the aircraft and test that aircraft, which is all a huge amount of, of cost, time and, and energy that's put into something, which if we can develop some smarter tools and techniques in the first place to avoid having to take that pipe off, maybe it's you know a flexible system compared to a rigid system to what we had before and we can bypass that pipe. It just means that you know we can get in there, do what we need to do, get out again and, and really not affect anything uh, around the area that we need to. Remake Manufacturing is brought to you by Redfern Media, the digital agency for B2B manufacturers. We partner with B2B manufacturers to listen, think, create and innovate. To find out more, head over to remakemanufacturing.com and sign up to the podcast, plus manufacturing marketing and technology insights. Now, back to the show. Let's talk about sustainability as well, because I know this is something that's very high on Rolls-Royce's agenda. Um, I know that the company is making huge strides towards net zero at, at the moment. How have these new tools and these new techniques kind of imp impacted the process of washing engines, cleaning them? You know, how has that contributed towards the goal towards net zero? Yeah, so so we as a business aim to be net zero by by twenty thirty, and, and our modern Trents and some of the modern business jets as well have already been or are about to be compatible or proven to be compatible with SAFs of sustainable aviation fuel. Um, some of the processes that I've just described that aren't even to do with the carbon emissions. You know, if we can carry out maintenance in remote locations without having to move the engine to an overhaul facility. Then, then there's reduced emissions already from shipping. We don't need to put the man hours into taking the, the engines away from the aircraft and shipping them to a location to be able to do that maintenance. But yeah, certainly washing. We, we do a few different versions of washing, but you know, like anything else, these things need cleaning periodically. And washing the core of the engine is a, is a, a routine maintenance task, which we are trying to actively change right now. If you've got a a cleaner core of the engine, it runs more efficiently. We can track that, look using the data, you know, relating it back to the digital twin again, um, as to when the prime time to carry out that wash is. But a, a more efficient engine when it's cleaner is therefore burning less fuel. And, and again, it's it's all aiming towards that that goal of net zero. Are you one of those people that sort of sits on a sits on a plane and goes, Oh, I, I worked on that engine. There's there's a Rolls Royce engine in there and 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 I worked on it. Like um, are you one of those <laughs> passengers on, a, on an airline? Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things. That's, it's a strange one because when you come into a business, obviously it's not, you're not immediately put into a situation when you're working on, on live aircraft. But 
once you have stepped into to that space and you know you're affecting what customers are doing and, and therefore you know what the passengers are, are doing as well yeah i do sit down and, and have a quick nose out the window is is this one of our aircraft and sometimes people so not myself but other people i know they they sort of try and look at the tail reg of the aircraft to see if it's one they've worked on before it's uh yeah each person's their own but i, I certainly like to see if it's one of our engines and see if it's something that we may have effective a process on do you tell the passengers next to you so you can get some some brownie points from them? <laughs> just look good. Well, you never know what the reaction's going to be. You might have someone that's uh, a bit more worried about flights. So telling them that you're there to do uh, maintenance might scare them a bit more than anything. So, uh, yeah, fair enough. So, so just bringing the interview towards towards a close now. Just thinking about the pace of innovation in your field and in the industry in, in general. How do you see your role, and more specifically, the role of sort of maintenance and repair? evolving over the next next 10 years let's say yeah so i mean robotics and, and automation these are things that are are mentioned a lot not just in our field but you know generally there's there's a desire to remove repetitive painstaking tasks with with a robot you know but i think there's there's a, a balance that needs to be struck there because if companies don't keep the the core skills you know of of whatever that robotic process is replacing but there's always going to be issues and there's always going to be new developments that need to, to happen as well at the same time. So we're really keen to make sure that, yes, we do enter that world. And, and let's face it, robots enable us to, to reach pieces or parts of our of our engine that we may not have been able to reach before, defying gravity and, and cavities and, and things like that all, all exist in our, in our products. You know, you can introduce different technology that would have been a small room size machine before through what is you know a small robotic system onto our engine so it's it's a big change but yeah i just hope that you know as we move forward we work together with the technology rather than you know one or the other there seems to be a very big opinion on whether it's got to be a a process that's carried out by someone or something i think that the best way is is to combine the two I think quite a lot of TV programs don't help in that sense. You, you tend to find that there's quite a lot of negative views on on AI as, as well as those that are positive. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're incorporating it into some of our processes now. And, and the big thing that I find is I make sure that I brand it as assisted rather than automated because realistically, we don't want to replace the task. We don't want to replace the role. We want to combine the two together to get the best out of it. Uh, and I think that's really where people should be, be keeping an eye on um, rather than just selecting one or the other, trying to do the both at the same time and develop it going forward. All right. You you touched on AI, so I, I have to continue. I, I can't let you go without asking <laughs> the AI, AI question. Yeah. You've opened the box now, Alex. So tell us, how are you using AI to help with repair and, and maintenance? Maybe talk a little bit bit about that and then i also want to ask you are the robots going to take over our lives and, and destroy all humanity <laughs> so yeah there's, there's quite a lot of of the ai process work that we're doing at the minute that i can't necessarily speak about it's um it's not available for the market yet but if i go back to some of the things that i've just been speaking about alongside inspection there's definitely things where we can introduce for um processing of data you know, if we do start capturing 20,000 flights worth of aircraft data, that's a hell of a lot to then sift through and produce, you know, tangible results from. 
I think if we can incorporate it there and rather than having to employ a team of people to sit there and, and click through images and videos and, and uh, process it themselves, I think that's really a, a key target for us right now. Really interesting. And um, Skynet or just an aid to humanity? <laughs> aid is what I'm going to go for. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's avoid the Terminator situation. Let's, let's keep it positive. <laughs> let's keep it positive, yeah. You know, this, this is it. You know, there's a lot of TV shows out there that, that do display AI in, in that way. And, and I, I get it. It makes, for a, <laughs> it makes for a good movie. But there's a hell of a lot of things going on in all businesses, not just ours, where AI is only helping. It's just speeding up processes. It's, it's removing some of those things that people don't want to have to do in their day roles. And, and the sooner I think people realize that, you know, globally, I think we'll we'll start to see more people then developing processes that work with AI, and you know, it it just all all helps for Industry 5.0, isn't it? Mm, I agree. Well said. Or at least until the robots get smart enough to realize they don't need us or anymore. That. Uh, or that. <laughs> or that one. <laughs> um, we end the show every week with the same question. We ask all of our guests to tell us the one invention that, if it was never manufactured, your life would be unbearable. Uh, so work-wise, I'll give you, I'll give you two. Work-wise, it sounds simple, but, but 3D printing is definitely where I'd go with that. Me in a role where I'm developing new tools and technology, you know, if I rewind a few, even just a few years ago, I'm having to go and pay to have certain things machined from solid. I'm then having to try them on our engines and hey, presto, it doesn't work out first time. I've got to go and pay and, and wait those weeks worth of manufacturing time again just to try something. 3D printing, we have an idea, we design it in the day, we print it at the night, we try it the next day and we repeat that process until we get it right. It's just completely changed the way that we work. And, you know, I know there's a lot more smarter technology things out there in some ways that we've just spoke about. But yeah, that's definitely the one that that would impact my role if, if we were to remove it. And I think from a personal point of view, I, I guess the, the obvious one is, is your phone, but the phone also comes with some, some negative aspects. I think some people get wrapped up in their phones too much, don't they? So I think I'll go with my laptop because Laptop can do everything that you can do with a phone, but you only really pull out your laptop when you, you need to do something. You don't necessarily sit there and, and, and sit through hours worth of nothingness on your laptop, do you? Fair enough. Good, good answers, both of them. Um, 3D printing and, and your laptop, really, really good responses. All it leaves me to say is thank you so much to our guest, Alex Wallace. Yeah, no problem. Subscribe to the podcast in all the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google Music. Thank you so much for listening to Remake Manufacturing. I'm your host, Nathan Anibaba. See you next time.